Hello, my name is Eva and I love to read, especially this book, Brother Cadvale's Penance by Ellis Peters. First published in 1994, this is the 20th and last book in a series started in 1977 and centres on the titular Brother Cadville, a monk in 12th century England, because yes, this is yet another historical fiction close to my heart. Cadville, and there are many differing opinions on how to pronounce this name, but I go with a pronunciation set forth in the acclaimed TV series based on these books, which star Derek Jacoby as Cadville. In the TV series, as well as the books, Cadville is a monk of some senior years, who was once an adventurous soldier who followed his lord to Jerusalem, where he stayed for ten years before returning by way of Antioch to England. In England, he fought for a while until he became a monk in Shrewsbury, when his body and his mind tired of fighting and the sword. He is of an inquisitive nature and possesses a quick and observant mind, which has time and again led him to investigate and solve mysteries and murder in and outside his monastery. Padville is his monastery's herbalist, and it is in his beloved herb garden that we first encounter him in this particular story. Cadville spends many happy hours roaming his own private kingdom of herbs, flowers and plants, where calm and peace reign, unlike in the world outside the monastery walls, where continuous strife rules supreme. For this story is set in 1145, nine years into the conflict between the crowned king Stephen and his cousin, Empress Matilda, the only legitimate child of the late king. These two have fought each other and dragged the whole country into battle for the crown, and this conflict, known in history as the Anarchy, has laid waste to the land, pitted friends against each other, and exhausted nobles and common folk alike, as year after year passes, with no sight of victory for either part, only more losses. And it is on a winter's afternoon that Cadville receives good news, as well as bad, from his longtime friend, Hugh Beringer, Sheriff of Shropshire. Hope looms in the cold November air as King Stephen and Empress Matilda, both pondering the wisdom of further conflict, have agreed to parley at a council where it is hoped that a solution to the fighting might be found, or at the very least resolve the question of prisoners of war, a number of whom were taken following the shocking defection to King Stephen's cause of Philip, the son of the Earl of Gloucester, him being the half-brother and loyal warrior of the Empress Matilda. So Philip, the son of the Earl of Gloucester, Empress Matilda's loyal knight and warrior, has defected from her to King Stephen. This, of course, is worrying, but the fact that they are all willing to meet at a council is hopeful. But even as Hugh Beringer announces these good tidings, 
he is also the bearer of ominous news. For among the prisoners taken from a besieged and breached castle is a young man whom Cadwell, in an earlier book, discovered to be his son, fathered by him on his way back to England almost thirty years hence, when Cadwell met and loved the mother for a short while in Antioch. Cadwell never knew of his son until he met him, fully grown and shining brilliant in the light, as he says. When Cadwell learns that his son is held prisoner, he departs for the outside world, leaving his monastic obligations behind him as he goes in search of his, her- of his son to aid him and rescue him if he can. As he observes as he leaves the monastery, before ever I was a brother, I was a father. Following this, the rest of the story unfolds, where short tempers and cold vengeance leads to murder of a hated man, while impatience leads to the killing of a beloved warrior, and slow simmering hatred inevitably leads to fatal mistakes by people who are powerful enough to cause a great deal of misery to a great deal of people before they themselves admit to fault. Now, there are three major themes in this book that I would like to explore. Themes that are set up as duos, aligning, and juxtaposing each other. These three themes are fathers and sons, vengeance and disappointment, wisdom and penance. In this book, as in many other works by Ellis Peters, there are two stories that mirror each other. One is that of Cadville, who knows of his son's existence, but has never revealed his blood bond to him. I met him already riding high in life. What need would he have of a father now? Cadville reasons. For his part, the son knows Cadville as a kind and resourceful man, but when the son learns of his father and learns of Cadville's attempts to rescue him, the son feels cheated rather than elated. This story is mirrored by Philip, the son of the Earl of Gloucester, the one who defected from Empress Matilda to King Stephen, which has pitted him against his own father. Philip knows his father's fighting spirit well enough, but his father's true feelings are hidden from him and only revealed at the very end. And so while Cadville's son feels anger that Cadville would renounce his own life in order to come to his aid, Philip's anger is directed towards a father whom he feels abandoned him when he called for his father's aid. In the world Cadville lives in, powerful people do not bear disappointment lightly. From disappointment is born the urge for vengeance, and it has devastating consequences, not only for the one who has disappointed another, but for the, but the heat of vengeful fire burns the innocent and guilty alike, whether or not they chose one side or the other. And this is exactly how Cadville, a man who chose the monastic life in order to free himself from choosing sides, nevertheless finds himself at the centre of a conflict between a disappointed empress and an angry knight. Chapter 
and though Cadwell's quest is to find his son, his path towards rescuing him weaves its way through a tangled web of deceit and death, but also meanders through bursts of kindness and unexpected courage when it truly matters. At the end of this book, many of the characters have had cause to grow wiser from the trials life has set them, whether it be the received wisdom of being a father, a son, or a warrior who has lost his cause. From these revelations, penance is sought by many, and, for the most part, forgiveness is granted. In many ways, this is a book about the price of your choices, but it is also a tale of second chances. This is a plot-driven story, as are the books in general by Ellis Peters. She had a very strong affinity for youthful characters who are brave, who are rash, and far too impulsive to be devious. These are always the heroes. They are true of heart, yes, but as characters not necessarily complex. I would say that the TV series did a fine job of fleshing out some of the side characters, adding layers to their personalities, and this was helped along by good actors. In fact, if you were to watch the TV series, and I would recommend it, you will get a glimpse of many young men and women who are now established thespians, such as Hermione Norris and Peter Firth. So while the character work, apart from Cadville, may not be multi-layered, what is in no doubt is Ellis Peters' beautiful writing. I know that some people do not care for flowery prose, but this, this is a connoisseur using words, words as a master chef might use the best ingredients for a splendid meal. I have read every book in the Cadwell series and found them delightful, especially the first two, A Corpse Too Many and A Morbid Taste for Bones, as well as this one, Brother Cadwell's Penance, which is a thoughtful and beautifully written work. We have mentioned the historical period known as the Anarchy. It is one of my favourite periods in English history, and in the coming days, I will upload a history episode. Yes, I am going there. I am making a history episode in which I will delve into this period. That includes hair-raising escapes through the snow, shifting alliances, and a deadly fight for the crown. I absolutely love it and look forward to talking more about it. But for now, I have been Eva, and thank you so much for listening.